Stay tuned to Vinyl Community Podcasts. All right, buddies. Well, my, my first problem already, I've noticed something right now. Uh-oh. I, it's like this red, the red, it's not working for me. The red is not working for you. I can't. I can't. <laughs> it seems like we're in a, hey, everyone, uh, there's a tornado heading. Everyone run to your shelters. Oh, my Like gosh. a breaking news. A banner. Oh, yeah. well, banner I, well, I apologize. This is, this is my branding for my small channel, so let me have this, please. Well, buddies, I am joined by uh, by a very interesting guest, uh, especially in light of current events. Um, somebody actually, to be honest with you, somebody I've been wanting to talk to for a minute. And somebody well, who, wait, what current events? <laughs> maybe we'll get into that, uh, guest, before I introduce you. Uh, this is a concert buddy. This is part of my series, Mind of the Record Collector. And I'm gen- joined by the one, the only, the waxed. How are you doing today, sir? Um, I was okay until uh, we... You filled me in on some information before the stream started. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like that. No, no. But anyway, well, I appreciate you joining me. We've been, uh, just for a little background, we communicate outside of our YouTube realms a little bit. um, And you've been helpful with the podcast. You have full transparency. Put a couple of your uh, pieces of content on your channel up on the podcast. So you've been helpful there. So I want to publicly appreciate you and thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> but that said, uh, well, let's just kind of get into it because obviously that's how I got to know you was even before the, the, the morning live stream, and we'll get into that, was you had your own YouTube channel. And I think you started maybe a year before me, 2021. Does that sound right? It feels like 80 years, but uh, <laughs> probably right. I think I'm into my third year of doing it. Okay. Yeah. And, and what 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 kind of motivated you to do to do that? Because not to jump ahead, but I know your record collecting is you've only been really getting after it maybe the last three to five years. What kind of brought you to YouTube? Yeah, I think there's a lot of I think people feel that this record collecting thing is who you are musically and you in collecting. And that's so not true. Because if you've if you were this is just my general sense. If you were brought up middle class and lived a middle class lifestyle, the thing that collects us is pop culture. Sure. So music has got to been been to most people's part of their life. So yes, uh, I remember being a little kid in the seventies, turning on the radio, listening to the songs. That that kind of is the pinpoint of my memories is tied to a music. A, a song mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right so that's who I've, I've been my whole life i had older brothers who were musicians they turned me on to music it just so happened i think the first thing i ever bought musically was an album but when i was seriously collecting it was cassettes and then went into cds so i have a shitload of cds tons and you know as uh, i think Uh, Gen Xers are very tied to technology. And when the opportunity came to kind of rip everything and move to digital formats, that's what I did too. So I have a vast collection of all sorts of music. And, and um, so I've always been collecting and listening to music. I mean, that's, what's funny about this is that the, um, the people view you by what you you show on your channel and stuff. And I'd say over the last 15 years, I would buy a record occasionally. 
Um, I like the whole, uh, I kind of got into record store day, but okay. without being a serious vinyl collector, so I would you, buy, buy well, some things that interest me. Yeah. So you had a turntable this whole time or are you somebody who like only really got hard into it the last no, I, probably 10 years? My setup was very, it wasn't Crosley. No, no, sure. But I had a turntable and speakers and an amp and I would pay, play things that I picked up through the last 15 years of buying a record occasionally. But like most people, when the pandemic got going, and one of my really good friends who I talk about a lot owns a, a record label. So, you know, he would, we would have conversations and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, the pandemic got me more geared to one aspect of music, it's one genre. Sure. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's jazz. I, I, you know, when you live in LA, you drive a lot. So I listen to a lot of music in my car. Obviously, I'm not listening to vinyl. But when I'm home, I live in a apartment surrounded by lots of people. I find it's the experience of listening to vinyl is in the genre of jazz is the most enjoyable to me. So that's as far as listening to music and collecting mm-hmm. jazz. There's a side. I think another aspect of it and interrupt me if I keep yammering up. No, feel free. Good. Um, there's a side, another aspect to collecting vinyl that I in, probably enjoy more than listening to it. And that's going out and finding it. The actual hunt, looking the for hunt, it, the surprises. Hunt. And yeah, I think, I don't think a lot of people talk about this. So, he, you know, and we'll get into other aspects of what I've, believe like the VC is and of course what yep. people expect people to be. But there's one other aspect that people don't talk about it. And that's the hunt and identifying and finding because I've had other hobbies. This has kind of replaced, but the, the, the underlying uh, fact of it being a hobby is very similar to other hobbies that have that aspect to it. Whether you collect, anything comic books or sports cards yep yep sports cards because i have friends that collect like action figures and it's very similar but in fact there's one aspect to collecting comic books and baseball cards and action figures that uh collecting vinyl does not have and that's like these um appraisal companies that you send to them and they grade but that's changing i mean literally there's companies now coming up that are doing what's called slabbing where it's literally they grade it third party and then they give it a barcode and then you never touch it again yeah yeah right but um that aspect is is so much more exciting to me than (laughs) i know listening to music because i'll put the music on listen to it while i do other things Uh, contrary to popular belief i have a full-time job (laughs) <laughs> you see me on a lot of streams, but that's like the lamest uh, kind of insult people could uh, throw at me. Sure, sure. Um, so while I'm doing the other things I do, it's enjoyable to put the music and listen to the music and enjoy the music. But the act of identifying a record, what it is, where it came from, the history of it is so much more enjoyable to me. And do you feel that like talking about the hunt, we'll kind of talk about that since it's right in front of us. Because I'm sure when you started going out looking for records at the places we all do, thrift stores, antiques, uh, state sales, uh, all those sorts of things. Yeah. You probably didn't know from Jump Street that like, about the matrix information and that the variants and all that stuff. Did YouTube help accelerate that learning curve for you? 
of course. I mean, but uh, when you start getting involved, and I, I, I sell, but I don't make tons of money doing it. I sell to kind of help supplement um, that. Yeah, of course. Support, we all support this, this hobby. So you learn very quickly that identifying the record is, is a, is an important thing. Paramount, yes. Yeah, so that, it didn't take that long. In fact, uh, I do want to get into all the hatred and bitterness I have towards people. Will we be able to talk about that? There's always room for, for okay. a hatred and bitterness. Okay. Talk, yes. okay. Because my passive aggressiveness is very strong. <laughs> this morning. Okay. So I'll give you a good story. And this sort of happened around the beginning where I learned very quickly through, and actually before I even got into making YouTube channels, I watched VC right. channels and stuff. So I knew stuff before I even started a channel. So, but, um, so I knew, oh, thrift stores would be a good place to kind of build up your collection affordably. Yes. And, and I live in Los Angeles. So in my mind, there are over 22 million people within a, a, you know, a 90 mile circumference around LA. Right. Right. So there's a lot of shit. It's, it's, it's arguably, I, I'm not gonna put words in your mouth, but probably one of the most fertile record collecting grounds just because yeah. of the amount of people and the amount of stores and op- amount of opportunity. But anyway, yeah, I wouldn't say fertile. So don't put that word in my mouth. Didn't, um, no, math, yes. no, no, but, but look, I've gone to butt scratch nowhere and found records. Of so I, I'm not buying in. I will buy in the opportunity to find records with not a lot of effort exists when there's more people. But if you know what you're doing, again, you'll find stuff because I've been nowhere and found records. It's like my saying is I have a horseshoe up my butt for finding records. It's factually proven. If you watch my channel and see the scores, I just had a great score last, uh, a video. So, but, right. but to that point, the one thing that I do admire about how you go about it is, I mean, you hit it hard. Like you're out cracking the pavement. I mean, maybe not as much as lately. I don't know. I don't want to speak for you. No, but, no. but I but I do know. I mean, you're literally grinding. And that's part of finding is opportunity. You've got to create the opportunity. To well, OK, you have a family and the obligations of family. So your free time when I have free time, it's spent looking for records. So, I mean, yeah, you know, it's just it's just I have the free time that I, I dedicate towards doing that. Sure, that's fair. So 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 the story that I wanted to tell you is I went to a, a local thrift store near me and found a stack of sealed records. And they seem to have been promo records. Mm-hmm. And I knew enough that the, the benefit of me being successful at this stems from the ability to connect online while you're looking finding these records i found a bunch they weren't worth nothing and had no musical interest but there was one that i could not find by looking it up and 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 it was three dollars so i go i'm just gonna buy this record and as i was venturing home um i was looking it up and all i could find was the cd version of this record um that someone was selling for $150 on eBay. Oh, okay. which, which perked my interest. And also I'll tell you this, I do buy CDs and I've sold CDs for a lot of money. So mm-hmm. there is this hunt thing and finding stuff. Don't, don't pass CDs by. Sure. 
there are CDs that are worth it. Okay. So this record I'm talking about is the Wood Brothers. I think they're like all country. And it was on on Blue Note, uh, I believe. And the record was sealed. It has a CD in it. I I eventually found a Reddit thread (laughs) where the person goes, I've been looking for this record for years. And there's like none on Discogs. And I, I don't, now I don't remember if I knew what Discogs was or through reading this Reddit thread, it kind of pushed me me into really utilizing Discogs. And I found this record and it was worth a lot of money. So I set up a Discogs account and put it up on Discogs. And that next morning I sold it to some dude in Germany. So that's what started me selling records. Mm, That one experience of finding this all uh, wood brothers record so yeah that kind of from that opened it up and i started and i wasn't i didn't even have a way of cleaning records this was sealed so it just kind of pushed me through the door uh, of um yeah of getting into this aspect of collecting bottles yeah and i think you know uh, this is my commentary too is that you know, there's there's a lot of not a lot, but it's probably the echo chamber of like the auctions, and maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit. But it's always been part of this, at least since I've been collecting over ten years. Of you would find something, maybe you won it, maybe you didn't, but flipping it or selling it or whatever you want to call it was a way, and it was used to be a socially accepted way to subsidize collecting more expensive records. You know what I mean? So something has changed along the lines of well, record collectors not. have been doing this for decades. Well, well, and- wait, wait, wait. Here's the funny thing. How is it? not socially accepted now when a majority of the people that collect records buy records from people that get the records the, that way. Well, I think, I think it's that, like I said, the echo chamber, it's like Twitter. It's like any of these things you have the, the loudest 1% makes it seem like there's this dissonant to it. But the reality is I'm I, telling on myself. I'm when, you re-edit, when you re-edit this video into it making sense, <laughs> okay, this is, all that is, is an easily grasped a thing to throw at someone when you just don't like them, okay? So my persona online, which people believe is 100% me, and I think you can attest that you know it's not 100% me because we communicate Privately. Right. Right. So, and it's so hard to grasp that that's who I am. So, but, but to that end though, so this is a question that I've heard other people kind of throw is why is there a difference of an online persona versus like the, the side of you and, and talking about well, our private conversations? Okay. Because here, I like to think that um, the way I act is it, there, we're all fucked up. Don't get me wrong. Life has fucked all of us up. Okay. So we are the embodiment of our life experiences and no one is immune to anger in how they choose to release it from their system. But here's what's funny because I'm not very prolific right now. I'm posting videos on my channel and by no means am I patting myself on the back, but I posted a video um, last weekend. It's almost at a thousand views. And I'm not prolific on doing videos. 
either I connect with a majority of the people and they get the humor that I'm putting out there. Mm-hmm. I, I believe through my life, I've had the same sense of humor and people have understood it's a sense of humor, right? Okay. So it's backed up by the response I get because a handful of people decide that my sense of humor is who I am and unacceptable. That's who I am because it really is this echo chamber you talk about is a handful of people. It's not, it's not a majority of the people because, and if it really was a majority of the people, they would have a lot more people supporting what they're doing or coming to their defense that I'm this person. So we can push that aside because I'm not, I'm we're, we're, it's just me and you talking. Sure. I'm not here to perform. You want to find out more about me. I'm not here to, to, to crank up my sense of humor because that's really what it is. Okay. And if you don't think it is more power to you, go on with your life thinking that w- when I'm on Rachel's stream doing my, participating that's who i am congrats to you you win you know you win you win life well, you know? speak, well speaking of the stream i was kind of a late adapter i think i only started watching maybe early last year how yeah. did you how did you get wind of that stream because obviously and, and not to belabor the point oh, but well know. there's doc- documented proof of that the documented proof is this I'd be one of the first people I befriended and we can get into how I started doing my channel, but one of the first people that reached out to me and we started connecting was, um, Greg from the vinyl rundown, you know, Greg. Yeah. Um, and he goes, well, come up, we'll do a video together. And we started doing videos together and he introduced me to Rachel, I think sort of, that's the way I remember it. So, I, and honestly, now it's it it's such an ongoing thing every day. Right, it's a regular part of it. Yeah, exactly. But Rachel brought me up initially, and she she got it. She's the one thing you can say about her. And again, you could have negative comments about her. Is uh, she un, she got my sense of humor right away? I sure. think that's why. Yeah. That's you know she got my, and we have private conversations. She gets when I'm just being stupid and funny or at least what i think is funny Mm -hmm. it's all relative people don't have to think what i'm saying is funny but um she got it right away so she greg you can blame greg go blame greg everyone (laughs) greg greg created the monster no um so back to well yeah let's just kind of go back to that about how you started on youtube because for me where i found you was through my my white whale and hopefully i'm going to talk to him here shortly bob bradley's channel because i think you guys had connected and and he had I guess he had rec- you, you recommended something to him. That was the first time I heard your name, Rob the Waxed, and so then that made me kind of find your channel. And, and this is obviously pre Rachel. Um, talk about another guy who you wouldn't believe who gets the, that it's a sense of humor and just that he was him right away. So I would message him, "Hey, I saw this that," and actually, when I started seeing a, a surge in. Like, I would go, how am I getting this many subs? It's not my videos. He gave me a shout-out, and, and and Melinda Murphy gave me a shout-out. Ah. So, yeah. 
Makes sense. So you so you start making the YouTube videos. You start finding an audience. Yeah. Well, so to get into it, yeah, I think this is how most people start YouTube videos. It's like their friends say to them, and start shaking your head yes and smiling. Their people around them go, "You're funny. You're just as good as that guy. You could do that." But <laughs> accurate. It's an accurate statement. But not everyone can do it. It's also an accurate statement. Yes. But um, I always thought I had a, I was good at communicating professionally. And, you know, just that's who I was. And I wanted something to talk about because I could talk about a handful of things. I know a lot. Oh, nice. I know a little bit about a lot of things. If you watch my video, I wax poet. I'm like, whatever the character from Cheers. So I could talk, I could get into a lot of things, but that's again, when I started getting into the vinyl and the first person that helped me was uh JC from the flip side. Oh yeah. 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 I messaged him. I'm interested in doing this. Will you help me? Dude is the nicest dude in the world. For I said, sure. sure. Come up with an idea for a video and I'll shoot it with you. So I came up with a, you can go on my channel and watch that lame ass video. <laughs> Because if you think I suck now, go back and see how much I sucked back then. Yeah, but all the early videos are terrible. I think everyone agrees okay, that those are like Bambi legs. They're necessary to get you where you want to go. I, yeah, I, yeah, they're bad. But he did one with me, to his credit, and that started it. So you can blame him, too. Yes, man, I've got a laundry list. We're, we're gonna by the end of this, I'm gonna shake out the scroll. These are the guys who created the monster. Yeah, is the wax. Well, I, I guess that belies the point, and we can talk about the live streams here in a second. But I mean, do you do you enjoy the YouTube experience? Because, like you said, you're not doing as many videos as maybe you were a year ago, etc. No, but that's relative because I'm on Rachel's stream like almost every morning. Well, that's kind of, that's kind of why I bring it up because yeah, you are putting, there is like, content with you on it, but it's not like the dedicated like show and tells but, and that sort of thing. But, but here's the funny thing, uh, Chance. Think about this. Since I'm so hated, when there's a live stream and I come up in peanut gallery and make comments, generally the person will put me up on screen. So am I... I don't, I, the, the, the reinforcement of positiveness towards me is so much greater than the negative. You know what I mean? So generally, I'm on, I'm on with the jazz bums. I was trying to do one live stream a week. Right, I got Tuesdays, right. Yeah, I still sort of do it, but I'm so busy and exhausted. Hang on, is there a secret YouTube you're telling us about? You're doing your stream on Tuesdays, but no one, is a secret YouTube, like YouTube dark? What's no, it's here? just for myself. <laughs> I, you know, I so someone I picked up one of those red laser pointers. And okay. I so wanted to use it, so I watch these streams, play them back <laughs> ad nauseum, and I just point out things that I feel I can work on, like the football coach. Okay, I can appreciate that. That's funny. Sort of. So, so how would you define or how would you explain? He's obviously talking about Rachel in the morning show. How you got on there? You go every day. Pretty much. I think it may, may, there may be less than a handful of times you sit out because you travel and you, you do family stuff, I've noticed. Right. And I'll leave, like last week, there was something I did. So I just left early. I mean, right. You went to the, the record show we were talking about earlier. But um, I mean, it takes a lot of commitment. And plus, you're on the West Coast, so you're getting up early. So there, yeah, must, I, there, must, be, there must be a reward or you enjoy doing it, right? Well, I mean, I'm, okay. So this, I come on around seven and leave at nine. In those hours, what are you really doing? 
Are you watching TV? Are you reading? I mean, uh, it's a disposable. It's the. It's sort of a disposable time frame for me. Okay. In life, anyway, because if I teach in person, I'm doing it in the evenings. I can prepare and do all the other stuff for my job remotely. So if I'm getting to work after nine o'clock, I mean, it's just, a, I think, in a, a finite period of time, that's what else would I be doing instead of giving the gift of laughter to the world? Right, right. Robin Williams 2.0. I understand. Uh, right. is, is it safe to say you enjoy the live stream format more well, than the organized video format? Okay. Um, I could, I, okay. Here's my sense of things. I'm better in a live stream situation. Okay. It's, it's approved my success. And let's be, uh, let's understand <laughs> relative, but yes, relative. Yes. Our success in the VC is not YouTube success. Sure. All right. But my, success at doing this and i think i'm successful at doing this and wait wait till you see your comments and after they hear that (laughs) my success at doing this is me being on a live stream is me reacting to other people that being said i don't mind doing the and you can tell i don't like preparing i like going off the top of my head i feel if i make mistakes it's good because it creates um, it creates uh, people reacting and commenting on your videos. They'll correct you. People love to correct you. So That's I'm all uh, look. I'm not a young person. My mind is not what it used to be, and I say the wrong things. I'm a human being. We all do. We all do. That's right. You know, believe it or not, and I would love people to hear it here first. I'm not always right. I'm actually wrong a lot. Clip that off. This is going to be this, this is YouTube that, That's another thing that I have a problem with reacting when I'm wrong. It's not. No. It's funnier in a live stream if you think that I have a problem with it. I think. Okay. So in that sense, I like to go off the top of my head. But I'm good on my feet. If you watch my prepared videos, it's just me speaking off the top of my head. And I have a good internal clock. I know when I've gone 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So... I like doing those, but here's the problem for me. How many middle-aged guys in a baseball cap and a goatee, and you don't have glasses yet, do you need to see on videos? It just seems funny to me that unless we're just th- making ourselves really different, and, and, and although I like showing the records I have or I've accrued, mm-hmm. It's the same as everyone else's content. There's only so much of it you can watch, right? Sure, sure. Agreed. So, well, one thing to that point, though, I wanted to ask you about, because you brought this up and something that I I really kind of resonated with is you talk about what you do on the streams. You get reactions all over the place. The two-dimensionality, can you kind of talk about that? Because, you know, you, you make a good point about this is how we are on these shows. It's maybe not 100% exactly who you are outside of these shows and then people respond to it in a way because they don't really know these other sides like can you speak more about your because this is the first time i heard it was you're talking about the two-dimensionality of these exchanges well i mean i get it because i deal with people in my life 
professionally for 30 years of the job I did, that's all I did. So I understand that people don't know people in this interactions, all they got, but the base uh, uh, emotion that people have is, 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 is the switch that is turned is towards the negative. They want to be angry towards you. They then, you know, it's funny and I don't want to get deep in, into the negativeness of this because of people, people do it better than I do chance um, is, is, I I don't go to um, uh, social media platforms to complain about people. I don't. I don't go. I I I've always been the person that if I have issues with you, I'll and I've say behind your back, I've told you to your face. So I think the times where I might veer towards seriousness is calling people out on bullshit. Not political bullshit, not your opinion on things. Again, I feel like when I'm doing it on maybe Rachel's stream, I'm, I'm trying to be humorous, make light of it, because here's the deal. It's your personal opinion. Sure. It's not mine. You're, you have a right to it. But when it's kind of framed in a way to put the other person down I kind of I'm trying to make light of it when I'm doing it. I know this seems odd, right? But there are times where people I believe have crossed the line. Of course. And it's well documented who I have those feelings towards. So you just because you you don't think people see you acting that way and then it's revealed you are, I'll point that out because I'm up here I'm up here doing, you know, whatever I'm doing. And you, and now I am, I am the king of um, meanness and hatefulness and, and bashing. But uh, the reason, yeah, it just seems odd to me, but your behavior is fine. But I'm, but you know, I'm not, I'm not, um, I mean, that's all I'll kind of go to that because if I keep talking more about it, it'll just sound like I'm just as angry as everyone else. And I'm no, not, when I, I go it. out, when I go out in my life, I'm enjoying my life. You know what I mean? You're I'm able to dis you're able to disconnect this YouTube thing, you vinyl community thing from real world, Rob, the people that actively hate me and create content about hating me is not what I think about when I go enjoy my day, you know? I, I look, I I talked I've talked about it here and there, but I had a major health scare about five years ago. And I'm not um life is so life is too short. Live every minute that you can. It didn't instill that in me. Okay. Because because I understand life is too short and you should live every minute you can. And like everyone else, I've had people I love pass away. Right. I get it. I understand it. But uh I, it's kind of lead me towards just enjoy the things you enjoy. Just that makes that's sense. the place you should go to, I you know, yeah. and, and not war. And I, and I came from big warriors. I, I, that's the one thing I don't want in my life. I don't worry. I try not to worry. I deal with what today has given me and then I go to tomorrow. 
I try not to be a big worrier. So wor so worrying about people bashing me is not my thing. The people that hate me seem to be more uh, um, filled with hating me than I am worrying about them hating me or even hating them. You know what I mean? That's fair. So, but, so my humor is kind of a way to, I believe, and please understand this, me being funny about it is kind of saying, is saying you're hating me. That's what you're wasting your time with. So I'll go home, go down, go down a path of kind of turning up what, what people hate about me to make, to kind of. You meet it head on. You meet it head on instead of, you, and you try to diffuse it with humor. Am I picking up? Well, I mean, come on. People have like made fun of me for certain things. And I'd like to think I took ownership of it. Like one of our best friends, like someone's like make fun of my chin. So like, remember when I made that, um, Chin magazine where I'm like, on the <laughs> yes, I do. Yes. It's like, I think that's the, see, here's maybe a, a little tip to people. Take what your haters are using at you and, and make it your own. Uh, that's how I, the boomer scalper started. Do you know the story of the boomer? Yeah, scalper? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But for those who don't, why don't you give us the, the, the high cliff notes? Cause it goes into how you were collecting records still do. You're in a Facebook group, right? I'll let you finish it. Yeah. Me. Yeah. So I took I took ownership of the Boomer Scalper. Um, I was out hunting for records like normally do, and I found a sealed copy of a record that, through the means I use, I could not identify. It looked like a video game soundtrack, but I didn't know. So I posted on Instagram this picture. Does anyone know what this is? One person said, "Hey," and it's I don't Nick Rudeau, who's a great guy someone who's unfairly bashed by the haters. Um, so he suggested I'm part of this uh, Facebook group. <laughs> so, yeah, Slippery slope because an imitation yeah, of Facebook no, no, no. group go sideways. Just, yeah. the, <laughs> just the minutia of what groups exist. Agreed, yes. Video game soundtrack vinyl collectors. Yes. So I joined the group. And it got accepted and made a post. Does anyone know what this is? From the get-go, all those nerds, millennial <laughs> nerds, the millennials, started bashing me. And then they called me the boomer scalper, <laughs> trying to steal money from them, claiming I faked this record and all this stuff. And then the private messages came after me. And I made a comment that didn't go over well with the guy. And he went to the head of the group and got me removed. This guy, and in the private comments, this guy was so hateful. I deleted them. And I, then when the person tried to kick me out of the group, I go, well, this person will show me the proof. Well, I deleted the messages. I blocked mm -hmm. them. So um, I had this record. And then through searching, I was able to determine that it was the soundtrack of Call of Duty, Cold War. And it was never, I think it was created as a promo, maybe sure. like a giveaway or something. Yeah. So what I did is I entered it into Discogs. I don't like opening seal records if I don't have to. That's one thing they asked me to do. And I said, no. And then, but what had happened, the guy who created the game on Twitter posted pictures of the inner sleeve with all the credits. 
So I was able to use those to post the album. These morons in the group found my chant. So, oh, what I did is created a boomer. The free, you can go watch. The right, you created the character. You made some videos of this leaning yeah. into leaning into the situation. They I found the video, didn't oh. like it. My, <laughs> my, mole, my mole in the group was sending me screenshots of comments and pictures. They didn't like that, which was the spite is the best tool, best thing to for creativity. Sure, sure. Then I posted it on, and just out of pure spite, I listed it at $1,000. <laughs> and so these morons went and uh, took screenshots from my video and added them as pictures of the vinyl, started in the comment section bashing me of course. in the comments of Discogs. Oh. Then one of them challenged my listing to discogs as a fake record oh come on so i fought it i won those morons got kicked off of discogs which i imagine has to be one of the hardest things to do and um <laughs> That's true. they took my my pictures from my video off and it was listed for a thousand out of spite i went on to list it on ebay at the same price sure just so you know, I paid twelve dollars for this sealed record. <laughs> Can I ask what you ended up selling it for? So <laughs> I put best offer on both places. So please understand, I did put a thousand dollars. Right, best offer. And actually, people and some of those morons were tr off asking best offer on Discogs, like fifty bucks, forty bucks. Sure. And out of spite, I'm, I'm not selling it for that. Yeah, I don't need the money. Um, someone offered me seven hundred dollars on eBay. Done. 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 It's yours. <laughs> May God be with you. You know what? One of the first things this dude did. He went on that video game group on Facebook. Oh, and said, "Look what I got." Oh. Yes. <laughs> and then, then someone sent me the screenshots. Like they put. Clint Eastwood memes up about me and oh, get off my lawn, that kind yeah, of stuff. Boomer yeah. scalper. So, but getting back to it, that's how the boomer scalper started because I took ownership of haters. Mm. I took it from them. That's how a, a lot of the humor I have, like on my on the boomer scalper videos, come from taking ownership of what the haters are throwing at me, so they can't use it against me. Interesting take. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I'm a look. Your hate is not going to end me. It's been going on for over two years. I'm still here. And life's too short. I think I think it's hysterical that I piss people off. It's just funny to me. And some of the biggest people I piss off. And it's hysterical to me that their their dirty laundry is not out of view of other people. We're worse than anything. I've literally done nothing. I have no skeletons in my closet. And people and and, and here's what's funny. Some people have cyber stalked me. You yeah. know, and, and they found and, and they've tried to come after me with, haha, you did this. Yeah, I did that. It's on the internet. Mm. Like I pr I produced a short film with real movie stars in it. Haha, you're Stupid short film. Well, 
Yeah, I did that. It's documented. It's on the internet. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> yeah, well, we were in the Santa Barbara Film Festival. I mean, it's like mm. I have a life and experiences. So it, it, that that this, if we're touching on, I'm the worst thing since sliced bread, you know, or the best thing, or the what? People are it depends on the day and depends on the way. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the, the boomer. That's how the boomer scalper started. You know. Makes for a great story, you know. No, that's, I enjoy what, it. Yeah. that's what getting into all this has done. That my take on things has allowed me to take this experience of having a YouTube channel, meeting people, and kind of turn it into fodder and more, you know, cool things like that. Because, well, it, side it, note, I mean, you, you actually not that if people haven't checked uh, Rob's contribution out to the Record Collector News, great publication. Yeah, you should just subscribe to it. I mean, you are in character as the Boomer Scalper, and I'm assuming you write all those, right? You write those responses in the prose of the Boomer Scalper. Am I off? Wait, correct me. No, no, I write all of them. I know. I mean, who would, who would, who would? There's, there's go a ghostwriter scalper. Yeah. <laughs> no, like the new one, and, and the new one is about the whole I the. Uh, desert island disc thing sure sure which i'm so i'm not a big list guy and yeah, definitely if you're trapped on a desert island first of all listening to music is the last thing i'd be doing yes <laughs> and the ability to listen to music is not even practically gonna happen so. right yes so going back to the actual record collecting piece do you are you like a lot of us do you have like a i'm gonna use quotation air quotation marks a grail list and what does that look like okay there are records that i would like to get but i find having a grail is a is kind of a shackle it's a limiting uh, limiting device it limits you hugely because it it it, it, it blinds you off to seeing what you're going to make how many videos have you seen where someone's flipping through a record store and you go fuck you just passed that record right yeah i don't want to be that guy and I like to think I'm never that guy. And you'll see sometimes I'll find records that are not jazz that are sought after records because I'm, I pay attention. Like I just found a second Buckingham Knicks, you know, if I was very focused on grail records, like the, if you watch my new video, I found two records that they're not going to be able to put out analog versions. Right. One of ones. Yeah. So, yep. Right. I mean, although you could say they were on my grail list, they weren't. But because I pay attention to when people are talking about things, it's it's logged away in, in my brain. And I, it just I think it limit having a, a grail list is limiting. There are certain records when I find like I found Ramones Mania. Sure. That's a record I want. I have the CD. I'm OK with having a best of comp of them. Same with uh, the, well, I would like more Cure records. I do have Cure records, but having the Standing on the Beach, you know, that's a, being a Gen Xer, we were kind of very inundated with comp, best of comps. Right. As being the kind of source for our enjoyment of a certain band. So, if so I, yeah, I never got beyond surface level or, or maybe just a couple of the signature albums. You're talking like deep cuts and all that kind of stuff. I yeah, I have to think about deep cut bands that are that I like that are, you know, not jazz, but like since I grew up with brothers who are very classic rock based, 
it's I think I've I've had my fill of all that stuff. Although I have a here the Yes album here and there, a Rush album here and there. Um, I have most of the Beatles stuff. People wouldn't think that. Um, I would love to have more Rolling Stones, but I kind of believe I've not come across a Rolling Stones album that sounds good. That's mm-hmm. maybe one thing that getting into vinyl collecting has done. It's kind of maybe maybe remotely maybe a snob about how things sound. And those Rolling Stone records generally do not sound very good. The CDs, the digital versions I have of them sound so much better. You know, do you feel that there's like different stages of like record collecting or collecting anything, right? Like first is like, learning immersing and you're always learning i want to make clear you're not a you know no, no, we're always, i don't know it i that's another thing I don't, oh, i've said it i don't know everything i'm i'm two or three years into this serious collecting mm-hmm. i'm learning every single day every single second so when i say stuff and it's taken like it's gospel right it's my truth you're so you're silly people are silly well, did you go through like the early stages, I guess it is kind of where I was going is, you know, when you first kind of get into it and you can find like cheap records readily available and you're just getting titles yeah, that now I, I three years it, in you would pass on. I call it the damn Vogelberg stage. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> You've mistakenly bought a damn Vogelberg record thinking it was something, nothing against Dan Vogelberg, but um, no, we all learn. I'm, I'm still have to purge records that i shouldn't have right okay no we did uh, look we all get tricked by our <laughs> stupidity <laughs> the excitement uh, kind of takes hold of us um well to that end though and maybe i already know the answer because you just did a video on it when was the last time you had like one of those holy shit moments where you're flipping and you're like is this what i think it no, is is, I, is yeah, it those two I, jazz records i have it i have it all the time i had it the other day i'm going out today and i will have it today that's what the excitement, this is the dangerous slope. Thank God, because if I were you, Chance, my child's college funds would be gone. <laughs> but, but I don't have a child. Right. So, no, it happens every day. I can show you, now everything's so buried, but I can pull out records that I found the other day. This Hampton Hawes record, OG, for 15 bucks. That's a record. Go, wow, I found this. That's what I always believe to r- run out and, um, and uh, to grab something and seriously look for it makes the moments where you just find something less impactful. Well some, would, I, well, some would say buying online kind of has the same effect, right? Because you're taking out the chase and you're just going right to the source. You don't agree no, with that? No. I found a... I love taking advantage of people's, um, what do you call I don't want to say they're stupid. Nativity? No, they're on nativity, but they just post stuff. So actually virtually looking for records and knowing where to go that are not where everyone else goes and finding something. And then, believe it or not, people, you're allowed to ask questions. People can say no to you, but right. you at least you ask the question. So Discogs is littered with people mislabeling and mislisting. Yes. eBay's got a lot of mis... If you know certain things to look for and look at, which I'm learning still, you can score big time. 
in techniques you can do. I have techniques. And if you buy my video for $39.99, <laughs> um, seriously, these – so, no, if you're stuck at home, let one thing – Take a gummy and get on your iPad and start looking. Well, education is the greatest tool, though, right? Like because they're, like you're talking about online, I'll look at pictures. I'll actually look at UPC codes because at one, like you said, there's so many people who don't know what they have in, in both sense of the words. They think it's this and then they send it to you and it was that and it's not what you're looking for. Conversely, like I'm thinking of a John Mayer record I found that was a first pressing and they were selling it for $20. Well, first pressing doesn't normally go for $20. But I did my research, as I'm sure you do knowing that that was the right piece. And that kind of, made you know, I have to thank you for mentioning John Mayer because it'll make a lot of the shit I've said for the last 40 minutes. Seem okay. I'm all about jumping on those grenades, Rob. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> um, no, no. I mean, he, you take, take, it's an opportunity to learn more about stuff. Sure. Yeah. And is that, and has that the education process been another part that you've really enjoyed like learning? Cause like well, you said, you've really only been really, head down and really focused on this the last three plus years. Again, I'll say this again. They're two separate things. The enjoyment of collecting and listening to vinyl is your musical outlet is way is such a different thing than going out and finding and identifying records. To me, there are two different things because how many people we know that don't do that. That's true. It's one or the other. Yeah, yeah. They buy the music that they want. So, it's definitely, to me, the most interesting and better part of it. And to name drop, it's like Patrick P.B. Thal, who was the vinyl archivist. He's a, a guy who I I kind of learned a lot from. For sure. Absolutely. Because that is what a lot of what he's about. So, and there are other people, too, that I learn from everyone. But, but I... I like to think people are starting to learn from me. Well, that's a, that's a great segue because I was going to ask you what what kind of role do you think you have? And I'm, I'm going to throw this term very vanilla influencer. And I say that because recently you influenced me to purchase something. And I think that you did it under the guise of information share, which I do uh, like. What you, do. you know, uh, uh, extra snuggy uh, adult diapers. Oh, actually, extra small. I'm a kind of a small guy. Yeah, I'm kind of like Napoleon. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness. You're talking about those jellyfish reissues. I had no, no idea. idea. I had no idea that was going out there, but well, just no, because I caught you talking about it, I caught yeah. it before they sold out. You know what I mean? So anyway, sideway to say, what do you think your role is in terms of, of being that conduit to share information? I, I, I think, unfortunately, but it's fine. I think with people that enjoy me and make that uh, separation from a personality to someone's talking seriously about collecting there's just the people benefited from my experience right but i kind of do see myself as is a personality like a two-dimensional a youtube personality with a a big personality and a loud kind of del delivery thing so that these are two separate things but like in an area where the jazz bums, where I do act a little stupid, but not, but I'll talk about things that there was a record I mentioned that that night on Discogs, 10 copies sold. So that's got to mean something, right? I think so. Sure. Yeah. So, 
All right. So last one I got for you. And this one, All right. this, this may spin you up. When I say vinyl community, like, is it a community? What do you think? What do you think that means? I think it, it just means it's, uh, it's an identifier to a genre of YouTube. There, there, it's a community. It, um, community is a weird thing because it means two different things. It's a way of classifying a group of like-minded people subject wise, right? or it's a tight knit group of people that support each other. We're, we're, I think we all find ourselves in a bunch of cliques. There are some cross sections yeah. of people that truly get along. And as far as have channels support each other in that way, I have made friends through being in this of people I communicate with in, in what you would identify as a friend like thing. Mm -hmm. What, what degree of friendship is up to the person to define, right? Define. But, um, it's just, it's just a genre that people will go into because not everyone likes everybody. Not in the way I'm talking about hates me likes what they talk about and stuff. Although it's a very fine line between, you know, what people like. So, but I will say this also, we're fronted by the more popular channels, right? Where people talk, talk about stuff and that that's a different thing altogether. You know what I mean? Yep. yep. So like the, to me, the best example is the jazz bomb set up a discord server where everyone's free to join and you're free to join. And there are other subjects that people talk about there than jazz. That's a community. People are there to say, that's a cool record. Yeah, I bought that, blah, blah, blah. To me, that's a community. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this, I don't think, since it's a one-way type of thing usually. I mean, people leave comments and you can communicate that way. Mm-hmm. But it really is a one-way thing on YouTube. That That's kind of not a community, right? Yeah, I agree with that. Well, waxed, Rob. I think we're running up on yeah, time. Didn't I get my time to now go off on all people? Listen, I, you feel free. I I'm just, just trying to be sensitive. I, I know you've got some estate sales and some, and some hearses to chase, so I just want to be clear. Well, <laughs> listen, you chase an ambulance. Sorry, sorry, my bad. Not a hearse. They're already dead. Dead. <laughs> Things have already been decided. Too late. Too late. Records are. Got to go to the herd before they're dead, and say where are the records hidden. <laughs> we'll use that for the follow-up video. How about that? We'll really get into the science of estate sales. Anyway, well, I appreciate you joining me. I know, uh, and I want to really wanted to get my banana bread recipe. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> Hopefully, it's gluten free. Hey, and uh, can I give a shout out here? <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Uh, Melinda Murphy, peace out to you. You're always. <laughs> Always the best. <laughs> well, spoiler alert, you'll probably be seeing Melinda in the podcast before too long, too. So I'll just say that. I'll well, throw at least that I was here before her. <laughs> Rob, appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us here in Vinyl Community Podcast, Mind of the Record Collector. See ya. And that was another trip around the turntable. Thanks for listening to Vinyl Community Podcasts.